Your child with autism begins to lash out in anger and frustration. Is it a tantrum or is it a meltdown? Do you know the difference? Join us in our discussion on autism meltdowns versus tantrums. Hello and welcome to this edition of My Spectrum Life Podcast. My name is Jessica and I am the mother of an autistic boy who is extremely awesome and I'm very proud of him and I say this today because it is very close to, it was either today or yesterday, I don't know, depends on which website you look at, um, <laughs> National Sun's Day here in the U.S. <laughs> welcome um, and happy National Sunday to Curtis. Um, I am Kelsey, a special education teacher um, with a master's in applied behavior analysis. And um, tonight we're going to look at the differences between autism meltdowns and tantrums. Um, our hope by the end of this podcast is that you're going to know what to look for so you know the differences. It is very difficult to distinguish between the two of them sometimes. It I know. Is. I mean, we've had instances... Um, you know, tantrums usually don't last very long. Right. Um, meltdowns can last three to four hours. Yes. And they can be brutal. Um, it will leave you, I mean, it just leaves as a parent, I have been completely and utterly exhausted by the end of the meltdown, trying to make sure my son's safe and um, dealing with the issue. So. Tonight, we want to know, autism meltdown versus tantrum. Do you know the difference? <laughs> um, I think the first thing we got to do is define the two, right? We do. We do. Okay. So what's your, as the, um, well, this is tantrum is a fit of bad temper. And that's from Merriam-Webster.com um, dictionary. Correct. Um, what is the ABA version of that? Um, it typically is a, it's, um, it's frustration of not getting what they want. So it's been getting told no. So they're like, fine, mm -hmm. I'm going to act out and try to get it in a different way. And normally requires an audience. Um, so meaning right. like, oh, you're not giving me away. Let me act out. So mom, you tell me shh, shh, here, here. Um, a lot of times it does require audiences. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's tantrum. Now let's look at meltdown. So meltdown is a breakdown of self-control as in from fatigue or overstimulation. Correct. And that is also from MariamWebster.com. And that's Just, also very similar to the ABA term too. Okay. Um, and it's a lot of times it's being either under or overstimulated. Oh, um, yeah. And so sometimes you can tell when the person, you could just say one thing and then it's gone. You're, you're for, for, I, you can't console mm -hmm. them. Um, mm -hmm. You just got to let them ride it through. Um, a lot of times they don't realize that they are having a meltdown. It's just their body releasing right. whatever they can't get or overstimulated with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So we got a quick question for y'all. Did anything in the definitions of tantrum and meltdown surprise you? Let us know in the chat. Um, we are live on YouTube as well as Facebook. And um, I think it's just Facebook and YouTube. I'm looking off over to my tech guy who's going <laughs> like this right now. Um, leave a comment. Comment in uh, the chat either way. And um, we'd love to see that if uh, people are, if you can uh, let us know if anything surprised you in those two definitions there. Um, now let's uh, go back to meltdown. Correct. Um, so meltdown is a breakdown of self-control from, I mean, I actually for forgot about, for taught, oh boy, forgot mm -hmm. about how actual fatigue can play a part for an autistic child just as much as it does, um, you know, like we all get a little bit, um, we can get off kilter when we're tired. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, just like, I mean, if we're thinking about tiny kids, right? they'll throw tantrums over the silliest thing when they're tired, just before nap time, usually. Normally, yep. Yeah. Because yeah. they're uh, understimulated. They don't have that sleep. So not mm -hmm. so much. And then people are like, oh, they're just cranky. And I'm like, actually, that's a meltdown. <laughs> Huh. Not because they're cranky. I mean, that's the best way to put it because not everybody has meltdowns, but right. um, that's a good reference to put it to. Like you're tired because you're denying you're not getting sleep and in, right. they're not really cranky. It's their body's not getting that sleep. So guess what? Their body is going to act out or cry or get upset, not process things properly mm -hmm. because it the body's not getting what it's needs. So therefore, it's not a tantrum because you're not denying them anything. Right. They're just... Fatigue. Yep. <laughs> yep. And they cry themselves to sleep and all as well. But that's babies. <laughs> that's not like, um, you know, the overstimulation part of it. Or um, I guess right. in I put overstimulation on this slide. Um, you could also put understimulation. Um, there are probably about four categories. Correct. That we could kind of put things in that's um, sensory which is, you know, a huge category, um, emotional, whether or not, I know one of the things that we had to deal with when you were, um, a, an aid, a therapist for Curtis mm -hmm. before we switched to virtual school, do you remember all the times when we'd be in the car and the car rider line and that door would shut and it was just poof, it was gone. Um, because what he had been doing is he had done everything he possibly could to keep that straight face until he got into his safe environment. And some days it would be as soon as that van door shut. Other days it would be as soon as we walked in the house. So it just kind of depended. Um, and man, those could, those could last. They could. And it wasn't, you couldn't do any amount of reward system for it mm -mm. at all. It didn't matter. Hey, we could work towards this or it was just, you had to let him process it. And all you could do was just make sure he was in a safe environment, make sure he wasn't um, circling back in those motions. So once he processed right. one, we were, the, uh, we were there, you and I were helping him 
okay, there's that first feeling. Let's go through the second one and third and just kind of help them through it so we wouldn't backtrack. Um, and we would distract them. We would try to help them out, talk it through with them. But yeah. there was nothing we could do to stop it. There was nothing we could do to... Uh, yeah. It's one of those that you'll never be able to change. Yeah. They're always going to happen no matter what age that you're going to have. If yeah. you have autism, they're always going to happen. Yeah. Um, I remember some of the ones where you guys would be working with Curtis upstairs and he would want for nothing else but to come down and see me and to hear him just going through that meltdown. Yeah. Man, it was tough. That it is a tough, tough on a mom. That is tough. Um, and, you know, I may not have been up there and you guys were going through the motions right then, but. Um, that was, uh, that was tough, but we got through it. Um, and so we knew that we had those components. Another component is, um, information overload. Yes. That's a huge one. Um, but you see that a lot. Um, and that's probably one of the primary components in the school schools then, wouldn't it? It would be, and a lot of people categorize it as school fatigue, mm -hmm. um, but that is information overload. You're in class eight hours a day, and they're jam-packed mm -hmm. with information, and you're taking quizzes. You're taking, Yeah, that's information overload. Yeah. Yeah, and then the, I think the last one is the too much change. Correct. Um, just, yeah. It's just going crazy, and, and things are just... Uh, I mean, sometimes it happens a lot. You want to go on vacation and you think it'll be awesome, but it can be too much change for them. Right. Um, change of environment, change of the change with too much change. That's including all three of those. That's sensory, that's information mm -hmm. overload. Because when you think of information overload, they're taking in their surroundings too when you go on vacation. And that's also mm -hmm. their emotional, like they're excited, but they're right. anxious because they don't know what to expect. So information overload could be, all three are not information overload. Excuse me. Too much change. Blank. Too much change. That could be all three of those. Yeah. And one. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot there. Now I was doing my research this afternoon and I came, I found some really good quotes um, oh, in a couple articles. Awesome. So <laughs> um, thanks. <laughs> so are you. Um, anyway, Maureen Benny. In Tantrum versus Autistic Meltdown, what is the difference? Uh, this was a uh, post on her website there. It says, a tantrum is willful behavior in younger children and therefore can be shaped by rewarding desired behaviors, whereas a meltdown can occur across a lifespan and isn't impacted by a reward system. Yeah. So wow. <laughs> that, it's right there. Um on the money, I guess is the worst to say. <laughs> it is on the money. I mean, you can't break that down any farther. That just meaning a tantrum, meaning, you know, it's behavior. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas a meltdown is, it's over that, under overstimulation, that's a processing mm -hmm. issue. Um, the next one I saw um, is by Judy Endow, Autistic Meltdown or Temper Tantrum, um, her blog post. And she said, 
A tantrum is goal-driven behavior designed to persuade the adult in charge to give in to the desires of the youngster. Autistic meltdowns typically occur as a response to being overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, interestingly enough, she is autistic herself. Oh, wow. Yep. Wow, um, researcher. Yeah. Uh, she's actually has several books out, so, and helps uh, those on the spectrum. I love that. So I was, um, it was interesting to see all those, but, um, you know, there's a lot of different times I can tell. Um, well, when I, I was thinking about this and I was like, there was so many times in, um, when Curtis was growing up before we had the diagnosis, I was beside myself. I did not know what was going on. I couldn't figure it out because, you know, you would think it was a temper tantrum because he didn't get a certain toy or something. Right. I mean, for the longest time, I had no idea why Curtis would just go bonkers in the car if we didn't have the DVD of the right Thomas the Train movie going. Um, and we would watch the same. We would literally wear out DVDs. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm sure... If you are an autistic parent and that has, you've worn out a, a DVD or two, I want to see like uh, some sort of emoji clapping hands or something in the chat there. Cause yeah, I've done that a time or two. Um, <laughs> but you know, we couldn't figure it out why. And it was like, okay, the only thing I can do. Um, and, and it would be like, you couldn't just tell him no. And even sometimes, even with, if we didn't have that DVD on, he wouldn't calm down. You know, he was not the child that if you put him in the car and drove around, he'd fall asleep. He just didn't fall asleep. Never worked for him. So, you know, it was the soothing, you know, whatever it was, he could focus, he could like zone in on his movie and that could help him block what was around him. And that's what helped. Simple as that, you know, now that I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's all trial and error. All trial yeah. and error. It really is. It really is. So we have a question for y'all. Do you know what types of things can be overwhelming for your child? Um, and one of the ways that can help you, I guess, determine and begin to start understanding and knowing whether it's a tantrum or a meltdown is make a list of those things get that can be overwhelming. Um, and that list is, co- that's, um, <coughs> sorry. Um, that list is something that can help us in that ABC data that we need to take, correct? Correct. That antecedent behavior um, consequence. So you're ultimately finding out what's causing that behavior. What is that reoccurring antecedent? Because you're going to find out if it's sensory. You're going to find out if it's a denying of something. You're going to really figure it out. And that data is so helpful for um, all the therapists involved. Yes. Um, so um, we encourage you this week to find those antecedents, those triggers, and write them down, make a list, um, and keep that with you. Because we're going to kind of build on this topic for um, a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
So I hope that this has been helpful for you tonight. And if it has in any way, please um, give us a like, a thumbs up, um, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, let us know um, or, you know, follow our Facebook page, that kind of stuff. Um, tell them where we're at on social media, Kelsey. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at My Spectrum Life. You can also find us at Twitter at My Spectrum Life with that number one. And of course, on YouTube, if you type in My Spectrum Life and you can hit that subscribe button, as you said. Yes. And if you hit the bell, then you'll know when we're on because uh, we will have videos on Wednesday and Friday. Um, yes. Giving you a little bit more about this topic and um, hopefully some more tips and tricks. Yes. So this is one of my favorite memes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Because <laughs> you know what? That's what it's like after a meltdown. So tag us on social media at My Spectrum Life. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and as always, you know, be watching for those signs of cyberbullying. We want to continue to encourage people to stand right. up and say cyberbullying. Hashtag not on my watch. Not on my watch. Nope. Um, as always, if you have any questions or have any topics um, that you would like us to discuss, please drop us a line at info at myspectrumlife.com. And as we all know, with a lot of faith, love, <laughs> and lots and lots of fidget toys, we'll make it. Good night, everyone.